Hello and welcome to Chatting, a podcast where people chat about how they learn and use English. My name is Sam, I'm a CELTA teacher and a performer and I have a particular interest in pronunciation and expression. In each episode, non-native and native speakers will chat about their experiences with English, share their advice and, at the end, I'll give some pronunciation tips for you to take away and practice. So, ready? Let's get chatting. This episode, I'm chatting with Stefan. Stefan is originally from the UK and is the COO of The Shortcut, a non-profit company working with international talent based in Helsinki, Finland. We chatted about simplifying your English vocabulary saying what you actually mean and learning English from a non-native English parent. But I started by asking Stefan to tell me a little bit about himself. Yeah, I can introduce myself. So my name is Stefan. I'm originally from the UK. Um, I have a Polish mum, a British <laughs> dad, so I have both citizenships. I'm currently the, the CEO of The Shortcut, which is this NGO um, based in the centre of Helsinki. And their mission is to help um, international talent um, integrate into Finnish society. So we do that by offering loads of free services, so free training programs to upskill people, um, free events, um, activities, networking sessions, and all these kind of things with the hope of um, finding them a job or encouraging them to, to pursue entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship. Difficult word. Yes. Um, so, so, <laughs> Um, but as well as that, there's a really big community element to the work and we'd have, we'd have potlucks, we'd learn Finnish together and we'd do all of these really lovely things that help people feel like they belong somewhere. Fantastic. So. That sounds like a really positive thing. Let's go back a little bit then, Stefan. How would you describe your English being, I guess, were you brought up bilingual? I wish I was. And you know what? Um, I used to go to Polish school when I was when I was younger. So I used to go every every Saturday, I think it was. But when I was that age, going to school six days in a row was the worst. And all of my friends were playing football, and my mum was like, "You're going to go to Polish school." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so I, I actually think I was part of the decision to stop learning. So no, I'm I'm a I'm an English speaker. I can't mm-hmm. speak Polish despite having the citizenship. My accent is from the, the south of the UK. I'd say. I would say it's relatively formal, but then some people might suggest it's a little bit informal. I don't know. I mean, it really sort of depends on who you talk to, at least in the UK. And what else would I say about it? Um, I'd say my vocabulary is like relatively broad. I use a lot of words and maybe I try to simplify it a lot since moving to Finland. Um, and I speak quite quickly and I mumble. So it makes for a terrible podcast because, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just like... <laughs> well, interesting that you say that you simplified your language. Do you Are you quite conscious that you choose different vocabulary now you're living in a non-English speaking country? Yes. So I try to speak slower. I try to pronounce my words a bit more. I definitely use simpler language for mm-hmm. sure. So I, I might not use words like myriad or ostentatious and these kind of things. I'll say things like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff or um, it's quite posh. I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I definitely simplify my vocabulary because I think the English vocab is, is huge. And just when I think I've grasped it, like there are new words that I find or there are sentence structures that I know. It's endless, I guess, in mm. English language. Um, I think mainly just reflecting on myself and the way that I speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether this is just like growing up in the UK and being British as well, but I don't say what I mean ever. So it must be impossible for a foreign speaker to actually know what I want and what I'm asking for. And I can give you an example. So yeah. I can go into a shop. I'll go to the to the, to the front desk and I'll ask the, the shop assistant, can I try this on? And they look at me and they're like, yeah, of course you can. You're in a shop. <laughs> but I, and, and so I'm like, oh, OK, that was, a, that was a bit cold. They were a little bit standoffish. And then I realised it's because I'm not asking where the change rooms are even though that's what I mean. Ah. I'm asking, can I try this on? Um, yes. and, it, and, it's, and I realize that that happens a lot in the way that I speak and in the language. And so it's, there's like, there's layers to it. So when I say something to someone, can I try this on? What I'm really asking is where are the changing rooms? It must be really difficult for a non-native, like, well, at least a non-native British speaker, at least to understand what the hell we're at, we actually mean. Why do you think we ask our questions like that? Oh my my goodness! Why do we why do we ask our questions like that? We just want to be super polite, and we don't want to be a burden on anyone. I think, yeah. Then there's probably way more to it, but on the surface, I think it's just trying to to be polite. But you're right. Why? What's wrong with just saying, "Where's the changing room, please"? Absolutely, it's it's a shop. They expect you to try things on. Yeah. <laughs> so they'd think you're an idiot if you didn't. If you just walked in and you know just said, "I'm going to buy this," like you want to try it on. It's like, oh, okay, then if you, if you insist. So when you're giving people advice at your company, do you think you're focusing more on sort of business English that people use, or is it a real array of general English as well? It's it's a real um, array, I'd say. It depends on the type of person I'm speaking to. So if I'm speaking to a community member, so, so basically someone who's looking for a job, um, I'm way more colloquial and um, I'll always end my, my messages or my statements by saying cheers. And it's really nice to see them also like, adapt to that and say cheers back to me, which is really funny. Uh-huh. Um, and then when I'm, when I'm speaking with, with businesses, then it's a bit more business English, English, a bit more concise, a bit more direct. So you don't say cheers on your formal emails? I still do actually. I still do. I still do. I also ask, how are you at the start of every um, correspondence as well? And I think for, for Finns, at least that's a black box. They're like, oh my goodness, how do I react to that question? I think for them, like business is business. It's like, get to the point, make it short, make it easy for me. Mm -hmm. And then again, it's coming back to this politeness um, from a British standpoint where you can't just ask for something. You need to have a little fluff around it. So like, how was your weekend? Like, did yeah. you go to the park with your kids? Um, <laughs> by the way, you were late with delivering this and I'm actually quite angry, but also have a great weekend. And, <laughs> and that's it. So there's all this fluff and like superfluous language. And yeah, it's, it's hilarious, really. Yeah. Are you able to be direct and polite at the same time? I guess is the challenge. I'm, I'm sure you can get the balance, the balance right. Um, but at least for someone like me, um, when someone's quite direct, it does, well, it did in the past, like, I don't know, rub me up the wrong way. It, I definitely felt like, oh, I wonder if they're okay. What about the, when you get together with your uh, community and the members, do you find that people 
have similar English. You know, I'm really impressed and like somewhat embarrassed by everyone else's grasp of English that I've come across because they're good at it. And, you know, for someone who's not bilingual, who who can't speak another language, I I feel like I always have to apologize to them and say, I'm so sorry that I can only speak English. Um, You guys are really incredible. But what I would say is that um, a lot of the, the English they learn is from from TV shows, and I think a lot of them are American. So mm. American English is definitely more prevalent than mm. than British English. So mm. I found that I've had to change some of my words as well. So I might start saying trash rather than the bin. I actually just said you guys. I never used to say that, but for some reason I say you guys now. Yeah. So the standard is good. Um, what's really interesting is that all of these international people um, they can actually they can communicate with each other really really well in English because they've all had to learn it and go through the same things. And they actually find me harder to understand in English than, than someone else who's like a non-native speaker. Yeah. Um, which I find really interesting, but it also makes sense, I think. Yeah. All right then, Stefan, what about your own English? Um, think about your vocabulary or your grammar or your pronunciation, punctuation even. What would you improve about your English if you could? Okay. So I'm going to give you two answers here. Okay. One that's one that's truly my answer and one that's my girlfriend's answer. Okay. Um, so, of what I should improve. My, my answer is my vocabulary. I, I love learning new words and um, I keep coming across new words all the time when I read articles and stuff. And I always have to look it up and then always have to try and use it in a sentence the next day. But my girlfriend would say my diction. She say, would say, I need to improve my diction. Um, okay. I mumble, I speak too quickly, I don't pronunciate properly. Mm-hmm. And my, my THs become Fs way too often. Now, is that so, a signifier of where you're from? Yes, to, yes, to an extent. I think, I think it was sort of growing up um, in a household uh, well, where my mum was, my mum was Polish because I think the the th sound uh, was really difficult for her to say. So I just learnt it as as f. I used to sort of mimic what she was doing, um, and it wasn't until I met my my partner Tanya and she corrected me and she was like, "It's not Thursday, it's Thursday." <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> okay, so, so a mix of vocabulary and diction then. Yes, what I need so, to improve. Um, I would also add. Um, so I'm adding loads of things that I need to oh, improve. Now. My, my sentence structure is, is often strange as well. And huh. I'm blaming, I'm not blaming, but actually I'm explaining a lot of it is based on, on living with my, my Polish mum. So like the way that, the, um, that she was structured a sentence is normally like back to front uh-huh. or not. It's not back to front. It's the other way around, I should say. You know, and it's the same in kind of French and things like that. Like you'd say the car blue rather than the blue car. Well, it's, mm. well, it's the equivalent. So I was surrounded by someone who was speaking English as a second language and mm. moving the sentence structures around. And I also do the same. Um, That's I, really interesting. Yeah, it, it really is. And um, again, it wasn't until I met, um, well, Tanya, well, actually, no, I think a few people had pointed it out before, but it wasn't until I met her and she's really, really good at English mm-hmm. that I realised what I was doing. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That is a weird way to, to write a sentence. Was there any point where you didn't understand what your mum was saying or that you get to think, oh, hang on, what, what, what are you trying to say? Or is it just that's how mum speaks? So obviously that's correct. That's, that's also an interesting question. It's kind of like 
I'd learned how to understand her so I could understand both. Mm. And, it, and it's really strange because there are, there are some contexts, maybe like we're having family friends over, and they're all native British speakers and they wouldn't understand what my mum was saying, but I was always able to articulate what she meant and what she was saying. So it, I'd, I'd managed to sort of train my brain to, to understand both. I was just thinking about the way you said that you would translate, almost translate for your mum with family friends, I guess. Do you feel like you do the same with the your customer base or your community as they're working here yeah I do I do do the same part of my role is is kind of matching some highly skilled like talent with companies that are looking for their skill set and um I'll I'll go through their CV and maybe help them with their job application and maybe even write like a reference and I often find myself like making a few amendments and being like I think you actually mean this um so yeah, I, I, I definitely try and translate hmm. like some of what they're, they're saying. Final question then, Stefan. Uh, what advice would you give an English learner to help them? There, there are a couple of things and uh, they've probably already been said in your podcast already, but um, like finding a buddy mm. is really, really important. Find, finding someone that will like speak to you in that language and force you to speak that language. Mm-hmm. If you live with someone that speaks that language even better, I think that's the quickest way to learn a language. Yeah. The other way is just to watch TV with the subtitles on. And like there are tons of English TV shows is what I mean. There, mm. there are tons of them. Mm. Um, so I'd recommend doing that um, as well. Yeah, just, I, I guess one thing for those people that are learning, try not to say um, because I say it a lot <laughs> in my sentences, I think. I, what would you call that when you say um? Like, well, uh, it, it sort of causes and... Uh, well, actually, I wonder if it falls under non-verbal communication, sort of or like when you sort of you use your hands and your facial expressions and, uh, well, mm. is it uh particularly or do you vary, do you vary uh, it? <laughs> I think it's uh. I think it's uh. <laughs> um. So learn a new word and then put it in a sentence. And try not to say, uh. The sounds we make when we're speaking English, uh, um, um, ha, well, you know, like, so, are called speech disfluencies. Basically, they're sounds or words that break up our sentences so they're not so fluent. They're a natural part of our speech and we use them for many reasons. Perhaps we have forgotten a word or a name. Um, what's, um, or maybe we need time to think of a good answer. Well, um, yes. Or maybe we're trying to speak too fast. To reduce the number of ers and ums, just take a little more time when speaking. Aim to speak clearly. Don't aim to speak quickly. So, this episode's pronunciation tip is a vocabulary tip. Actually, a vocabulary challenge. Stefan talked about simplifying his language with non-native English speakers, but in our chat, he used three great words. So your challenge is to learn these words and use them in a sentence. First, myriad. Three beats with the stress on beat one. Myriad. Ba-ba-ba. Meaning a very large number or variety of something. Try this sentence. A myriad of people attended the conference. Next, ostentatious. Four beats 
with the stress on beat three. Ostentatious. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Meaning something that is too much, a bit over the top, too expensive and designed to impress people, but you are not impressed. Try this sentence. His ostentatious office was too distracting. Finally, superfluous. Four beats again, this time with the stress on beat two. Superfluous, ba 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 ba. Meaning, something unnecessary and no longer needed. Try this sentence. The new slides were superfluous to our presentation. Have a go with these three words and let me know how you get on. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at underscore emailing. Over to you to practice. So there we are. The transcript of this episode is available to read on the podcast's webpage, so take a look. Join me next time for more pronunciation and grammar tips, more advice, and most importantly, more chatting. My thanks again to Stefan, and for her music, a massive thanks to the wonderful Mara Carlyle. Bye for now. Bye.